Hello and welcome to that running podcast with Colin and Ross. Uh, or, or Ross, Ross and Colin, whoever wants to. Who's on hey, top? Hey, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> you're gonna it's gone straight in my basket. Um, boom, boom. <laughs> so me, Ross Murray, uh, Olympian, three fifty two miler, and Colin. Fat boy slim. Not the actual DJ though, just fat boy who got slim. I'm not going out with Zoe, married to Zoe Ball. What's that again? I said I'm not married to Zoe Ball. Is that we, oh, did, were they married, were they? I think so, she just didn't take the slim name. Oh. I don't know, is that his second name, Norman Slim? I, I reckon that's a, a stage name. What, what gave it away? <laughs> I, just, I don't know. How's your day been, mate? What's, your, what's been going on on, well actually, what's been going on this week? And on Sunday, in the life of Colin, is your middle name James? No middle name, but cheers for being best friends. Oh. Well, ah. most, most people's middle names are like a James or an Andrew. Most or people Christopher. have a middle name. My dad just couldn't be asked. Yeah, he was true. like, middle name? Ah, let's be. <laughs> ah, fuck it, I forgot. Yeah. Right, anyway, yeah, so what's been going on this week, mate? Uh, not much, really. Just training. Um, running's going, was, is going well. Work is going brilliant. Yeah. And, um, yeah, just, like, had Friday off, went for £30 pancakes, don't tell my mum, absolutely Ooh. disgusting. Like, oh. went into Glasgow, this place called Stack and Still, I thought, this is going to be amazing. Um, three pancakes. What flavour, what did you get on your pancakes? Just bacon and maple syrup. Mm. And, and, it, and it wasn't good? It, it was good, it's not £30 good. 15 yeah, 30 no. I mean, I can't see it staying open, and I if it does, how? Who's paying it? I swear, pancakes. Me, I'm a egg, dog. I, went. <laughs> <laughs> I swear, pancakes was egg and flour as well, aren't they? I know. I said to her, I said to Rebecca when I left, I said, oh, "Do you know what? Like, you know what? This is just pathetic." And when she came over, and she was like, "Do you want? Do you want? A, do you want a refill on your coffee?" I thought, "Yeah, I want the old bloody pint. I want all, <laughs> for all of it." I'll get me money's worth. I'll get me money's worth. It's a free refill. refill. Give me a liter now. And, and um, how's your training been going? Training's going well. Uh, park run not so well. Um, so I did park run yesterday. Training's been going really well. I've been like running around five minute mile into five thirty for sessions, tempos, and stuff. Um, and then my first time running with people for a year and a half was uh, Saturday, and yeah, it showed. Uh, five minute mile in for the first eight hundred, then slowed down to six ten mile in, then sped back up to five minute mile in, then slowed back down, and then just couldn't. Just an idiot, really. All over the shop. Um, yeah, when you haven't raced for so long, though, it takes a while to just it's get that used mentality, to it. though, isn't it? Like you get to a bit where you're like a bit uncomfortable, and you think, "Oh God, you know what? That's uncomfortable." But what you used to do is like professional athlete, or like when you used to run a lot, is you think, oh, "I'll just go a bit harder. I'll just go a bit more, go a bit more, go a bit more, and get a bit more, a bit more, a bit more uncomfortable." Yeah. Um, I just didn't have that. I just that gears there. I could feel it. I just was didn't want to get uncomfortable. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah. Um, I think sometimes that can happen on a day to day basis. Some days you're happy to hurt yourself and mm. push through the pain barrier, and then other days you just want to tick it off. Yeah. So it was good. I'm happy I finished. I'm happy I did it. Like uh, I'll do it again next week. Um, yeah. It was it was fun. Um, then yeah, today went for a run nice and early. We were up with the kids from seven, so I just bopped out at eight, which was a terrible decision. Um, and then my um, Garmin just decided to say I don't want to work so I ran through the middle of a lake apparently um, for about four and a half miles I ran about 11 miles this morning only decided to record six miles of it but apparently there's this rule that what's on Strava is what you did yeah exactly it doesn't count like it's not on so Strava I didn't I see had, it I had the Jackmate podcast on for about that was 70 minutes and then I didn't get in the house until I'd listened to that plus three songs so that's oh. how I timed myself today alternative timing method yeah. um, could have just count. <laughs> 
Counted. Uh, yeah, counted. Doesn't Radcliffe count? Didn't, doesn't she say something like... Oh, I don't know. Maybe. I'm sure there was something about her doing the London Marathon. If she counted to 500, it was a five-minute mile or something. something oh. Like oh. I might have made that up just for the sake of the podcast. However... I would uh, say it was 300. Wow. You can just need to be... Like, <laughs> I mean, some people are good at maths. Some people can spell. Others <laughs> just... Uh, anyway... What's your shit? Uh, what have I been up to this week? I have... Mostly. First... <laughs> I did my first track session yesterday. Which, was, which was very fun. Um, what did you I... do? So I did a 1200... I know what you did. I'm just doing that for the sake of the podcast. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> we talked about this. Uh, no, so I did a 1200. Um, yep. And then I did three sets of 600, 400, 200. Yep. Um, and I was going quicker than target time. So I think I'd set... Myself a goal of running five minute mile for the twelve hundred, which I did. Ooh. That felt really good. Um, yeah, and then I set myself a target of running between seventies and seventy twos for the six, the four, and the two. Yeah. Um, and the reason was I just didn't want to push the body too hard. And I knew I knew I'd be able to run that, but actually I didn't want to injure myself or anything like that. However, I just naturally found myself running like sixty. Naturally, great. <laughs> between like six, I think I was with sixty eight for the six hundreds, um, sixty six and sixty sevens for the four hundreds, and then thirty two threes for the two hundreds, and then my last one was a twenty nine. That sounds oh. delightful. It was good for it was nice, um, and I've had a really good week's training. Fifty one miles for the week, which is obviously most I've done in two years. Pretty more much. than me. Yeah, no, it's good, and my body feels good, so I can't complain. But. Um, and what's been going on in my week? Nothing, really. I mean, it seems like this time of year, everyone kind of hibernates after the Christmas and the New Year. And, you know, I mean, we've had some nice weather this week. Um, so, yeah, just been keeping my head down, staying out of trouble and working hard. Ruddy, bloody lovely. And cleaning toilets. My toilet. So I've just right. done this, did you leave Sunday's, Sunday's did cleaning you day. Did you mark the pan? <laughs> no, no. The old skiddies. Ross, uh, go and get a tissue. You <laughs> put no. my hand down there. You do it. Sun- off. Sunday's cleaning day. Sunday's like cleaning and chores day. It's doing yeah. the shopping. It's cleaning the flat. It's just like, ugh. We went for a walk in the park. Oh, nice. Yeah. I went for a couple of shandies. Oh, well, we can't all be living the dream, can we? <laughs> Tell you what, a couple of shandies on a Sunday afternoon, if that's not living the dream, I don't know what is. I know, I'd love that, though. Um, instead, instead, I was walking a, a feral kid around a park throwing stones in the river constantly. Uh, feral child being your son, just to clarify. Yeah, not just one I picked up on the way there. <laughs> oh, yeah, I tell come you, with me to the park? I tell, you right. what I, I tell you what, <laughs> tell you what I did watch earlier in the week. Um, you know the new Predator film? Very average. Wouldn't uh, recommend. Right. Yeah, I was really excited about it. And I think is it like a battle royale style one? In it, like it dropped on like a. a well, no, no. That's I don't want to give the, the plot one, away. That's but... the one from 2010. This one's like 2018 one, and it was uh, very average. I was really excited about it because I'm, you know, I'm thinking. I like, love Predator. Me. I do. Don't wait on he covers himself in mud, and he's just like, oh, you can't see me. Um, oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, it was very average. So um, I've started watching Ozark as well. Pretty good. Oh, what's that? Ozark? Yeah. Is that on Netflix? Netflix. It's really uh, good. Yeah. About a fella who's uh, getting a spot of bother for um, laundering money for the, the Mexican talk cartel. Uh, who who thought it? You it's, know not, I mean? it's not futuristic, no, Ozark. No. Uh, no. Interesting perspective. But yeah, that's it for me. So, should we, this week on the podcast, we had Martin Rooney. 
Three times European champ, three times world medalist and Olympic medalist. Um, it was an absolute cracker, if I say so myself. We're writing our own reviews again. Yeah. Speaking of reviews. <laughs> Review this <laughs> podcast. Get out there. So yeah, get on the show. Martin Rooney, hope you enjoy it, guys, and have a, have a great time listening. Good evening, good morning, good afternoon, good night, whenever you're listening to this. Just a quick one to say that uh, the competition for the Saw Ultra Rain Jacket 2.0 is still live. So it's going to be live until the 22nd, so for another five days as of when I'm recording this now. Um, and all you've got to do to enter to win the Saw Ultra Rain Jacket 2.0, which is worth £180. Great jacket. So you got all you got to do is head over to sawrunning.com forward slash that running podcast and just chuck a few of your details in there um, and you'll be in with a chance of winning. And they're giving two away. So there's double the reason and double the chance to win. Um, so, yeah, a big thanks to those guys for donating the, uh, the Ultra Rain Jacket 2.0. Um, and good luck. Hope you win. Hope all of you win. Um, and don't forget to head over there. Sawrunning.com forward slash that running podcast. So, welcome to the show, Martin. Rooney. <laughs> 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 All right, Ross, call I, I think you have to be... I swear I've heard people doing that chant to you in the stadium. Have I imagined that? No, uh, London 2012, and I, I bricked it as soon as I heard it. It was... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I went from super confident Olympic semi-final to... Oh shit. Oh shit. Don't fall start. Don't fall start. I think that was the end of my race. <laughs> well, hopefully, so, hopefully that's where the, uh, the similarities end with you and Wayne. Um, you, don't, you don't like older women. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, my wife is like three years older than me. Oh, so, yeah. Uh, she's not, she's not 40. No, no. She's not like a good, uh, good chunk older I think, than that. I think they're more like 60, weren't they? Oh, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think they could move very well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, welcome, Martin Rooney. As I said in my little Instagram post, three times European champ, three times world medalist and Olympic medalist. Have I got that right? I think so. Summit last um, Yeah, there's a couple of medals there. And that's, yeah, there's probably one or two more coming, do you, but we'll see. Do you still have the uh, British junior 400 metre record? Yeah, somehow. Yeah. Somehow. It's just, uh, <laughs> It's all mine. <laughs> there was definitely a time when I thought, all right, Chris Clark's going to get this. It's done. But I haven't really, I, I don't know. There's too many guys who think there's, um, to quote one of them, said there's no money in 400, so I'm going to do two. So um, who said that? Is that Chris Clark? <laughs> no, 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 not Chris. No, Chris genuinely wanted to run it, but he just, he's, you know, if you've met Chris Clark, he knows the way with the fairies. And he, yeah, he just loves the piano. He loves, every, he loves life. He's a, he's a great, great human. Um, he's a, he's a big if, Partridge fan, isn't he? <laughs> he's a fan of anything that's obscure as well like he, kinda, <laughs> he has a he, he uh has a different sense of humor and it, it, i loved training with him he was good fun to be around um if he, i just wish he gave me like half his talent i, I would have run like 42 seconds or something he was so, so good like because i was the same age as him and watching him at english schools literally 
jog through 200s winning English schools and you were just yeah. like, how does this guy do it? Like, what, what, yeah. what, is, what is happening? What magic is yeah. this? <laughs> I remember him in Birmingham and uh, I think he won like the Interboys or whatever for the 400. He ran quicker than Richard Buck who won the, the senior event. And I was like, God, this boy can move. Like, and he had no idea what he was doing. He was literally like being held onto the floor by his shoes, you know, he was just bouncing around and stuff. And what happened to him? Because uh, for those who don't know, Chris Clark was a... a re- is he on the podcast? Is he <laughs> No, no, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just curious. I haven't, I haven't, He'd be a great podcast I, guest. I haven't heard from him, but he was a superstar junior, so, like so talented, a beautiful runner yeah. to watch. And, um, and I think I last seen him in about 2013 when we were both on the treatment table in Loughborough. Yeah. So what happened to him? Um, so he was in Loughborough, we trained together until 2012 and then he's trained with Steve Fudge and he was training, basically Adam Jamili's training partner. I think he ran 2020 with, uh, with Adam and, and Steve Fudge mm-hmm. and then um, I think uh, he went into guide running. So he went to Rio. Uh, no, I did day. see him actually doing that. I did yeah, see him doing and that. He, he, called, he took the piss out of John Terry one of the days, which was uh, a very <laughs> That's a good fun. thing. No one's going to, nobody, if, if anyone ever was to take the piss out of John Terry, no one's going to argue with that, are they? Like, everyone's no, it was, it was very funny. He basically called himself, um, you know, when John Terry came on with the shin pads for the, uh, yep. that's what he was saying he was for Libby Clegg. <laughs> so uh, he, he's, um, I think he unfortunately ruptured, Just a full kit wanker. <laughs> yeah, full kit wanker. But, yeah, <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> yeah, just, uh, ruptured his Achilles, but I think he's coming back again, and um, he's training in Loughborough still. He's nice. he's still a beautiful runner. He's still uh, as close to Wade Van Nieker as we are going to get, I think, at the moment. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, it's just a different. Athlete. It, it would be great to see him back. Um, but yeah, anyway, focusing on you because you're our guest, not the, not the Chris Park <laughs> Appreciation Society. Um, what's been going on with you then? So you've just come back from a training camp. You're fit and you're healthy. Just give us a bit of an update on what's been going on. Um, so yeah, I'm all right. I, I went to South Africa for a month in, well, three weeks in January with Christian Taylor, James Ellington. Um, and at the moment, like last year was pretty shit. Um, mm-hmm. I just got really, really fit last year, but then I forgot that I'm actually a 400 meter runner. So like <laughs> my whole focus last year was to run a really quick 600. And then I thought, you know, I'm fit. I'll have lactic tolerance. It'll be fine. I can run, I'll jog mm-hmm. around and run 44s and 45s. But I couldn't run 21 flat for 200 meters. So, um, yeah. That, just gone too far the other yeah, way. Yeah, just too far. Like I, I, was, I was fit and I was strong, but it was just, yeah, not the right thing to yeah. do. Um, mm-hmm. do, does your body still feel the same? Because um, obviously we all can make, we can all make uh, like errors in our training plan and just not quite get things right. But actually when you're running around, you feel, you know, as capable as what you did five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, ten years ago. I mean, you're quite no. old now. <laughs> Ross, just keep counting. Uh, no, just... not at all, man. So what feels different now? I feel like an old man. <laughs> I think when you, uh, Colin would say, when you have kids, you, your yeah. body just changes. Not like, uh, I've not given birth, but like... Um, <laughs> that would be impressive. <laughs> that would be, be tough. But... Um, no, I just don't, I think you're you're constantly fatigued, uh, and my yes. my only time like when I go warm weather, I get some amazing work done, and it's just like mm-hmm. I can smash up the training and make it as hard as I want, and I'll recover because I'm not I've got time to go home and have a nap, and I'm sleeping all you, night. You get a break, don't yeah. You? It's it's um, and it's kind of like the flip side of that is like I hate being away from my family, so it's kind of like oh yeah, I really love training. I love training and feeling good, and everything goes well, but then. 
yeah, three weeks away from your kids, um, they don't enjoy it. And my wife doesn't enjoy being a, a single mum to that point. So, mm-hmm. Do you struggle with that, going away and leaving them <coughs> and then coming back and settling back in? Uh, I really did um, 2017. I remember talking to Steve Cram about it. And he said, look, they're not going to remember it. But mm-hmm. um, I said, but my wife will. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, uh, and it was hard. And I think this year, I think... Um, I think this year wasn't as bad. I think uh, I was away. Uh, last year, I went to Australia for seven weeks, and that was, I think I, I coped with it well until uh, until I met my family again, and my daughter didn't recognize me. And I was oh, like, that's ah. horrible, that, isn't it? That would be, so, yeah. Yeah, that was a bit of a, a bit of a kick in the, in the nuts. So uh, That happens to me when I go to work. I come back and I go, <laughs> <laughs> It's been like seven hours. You, you haven't my real today. daddy's my real daddy's been round. What? <laughs> that postman came back in. <laughs> came back in. Oh no. So um no that that is tough. But like um I think I, I think you have to take the Mo Farah approach and just realise you're doing everything for your family. Um and he seems to trying to give them a better life. Yeah, like he well I don't know how much of a better life I'm gonna give him now, but um <laughs> it's uh it's uh no, it's it's a tough balancing act and i'm lucky i've got some great support behind me so so is it is it the uh because unlike you two i don't have any kids that's what i know about um well yeah i don't um that's what i know about um so is it what you're saying it's not obviously just a lack of sleep that you're um it's not just a lack of sleep is it the kind of when you get home from training and I'm sure everyone at home knows that when you get back, you just want to relax, put your feet up, switch off. Is it the kind of having to then go and have a family day out, which you should do, or play with them, or you're up and down? That is it. That kind of thing that hinders your recovery. I think so. I think you don't get that time to just switch off um, and like be it sit on your phone or close your eyes and read a book, whatever. It's like um, my wife has been really good, like really supportive, but like obviously she's working as well, so it's kind of uh if i get home she wants to like chill out as well you know she wants if she's had the kids all day to herself she needs to have a bit, have a, bit of a break so it is a balancing act um do you feel like you're but, getting used to it is it kind of is it getting to a point where your body's adapting to to the yeah i think because my, my boy's three and a half now my daughter's a year and a half and they're both they can play together and they have their own kind of world that they go around in and enjoy each other's company and stuff and it's just um so they're, they're, not, they're not so dependent on us. But what I found when I came get, back... Get my job Africa, soon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm to start getting hoovering and cleaning up the house. <laughs> nah, he's, he's three and a half. Gonna... He's, he's off down the pub. He's fine. That's what I mean. I was like... I'm putting the Normatex on you, Hoover. <laughs> I wanted to do massage, mate. Just start jumping on my back. Or but, um, Got a crick right here. Just stand on there. Well, that's it. Well, you, know, you know yourself and you're carrying kids yeah. as well. Your back is absolutely killed. So, like, it's your, your T-spine or whatever, the bit between your shoulders. Mine, at the moment, is... I think since I come back from South Africa, I'm constantly carrying the kids. It's absolutely seized up. I had to get like acupuncture for it yesterday, uh, the other day, and it's the worst. Oh. So those are the things that. But then you feel like say, when you say that to like say to your your wife, when, like you like they just look at you like shut up. Yeah, well, <laughs> my wife doesn't get ill. I'm like constantly got colds, and she's just like, yeah, it's all right. She suck it up. That's good effort. Did I don't know? It's just women are. They're different. I'm, I'm, I think because you're training, your weak, your your immune system is going to be so much weaker, isn't it? So yeah, I suppose. Yeah, that will literally probably be why. Um, yeah, probably. But sometimes what we do in this show is, Colin, you you, you laugh at this. We 
we create we talk we we do we, <laughs> we Craig David the conversation and rewind. Okay. Back to Colin. Are you next to ignition? I think yeah. Uh, yeah, well, I don't think people are allowed to listen to. I went to see him in concert. You know, that's the only concert I've ever been to as a Craig David. Craig David. Concert. Yeah, and I mouthed all the words, thinking the <laughs> girls would be well impressed. They did not give a shit. Can you do it now? <laughs> Could you do the seven? Oh, Could you watch it? What? All right, then go on. Then do it now. What? No, I, I, do you hear what I said? I mouthed all the words. I didn't really know him. I was just like making like shapes of my face <laughs> to try and impress them. They were not impressed. Uh, not impressed. <laughs> My friend, he, he got he got all the girls. Me, no. <laughs> <laughs> he still Almost does like, like big DJ sets, doesn't he, Craig David? Yeah, he's killing it. He came thing. back, yeah. didn't I mean, I do think the bro selector that ruined him. Like, who <laughs> <laughs> did? <laughs> he was like, you take <laughs> Craig David. I mean, Garen sensation. <laughs> Kill what was the name of the, the, What was the name of the bird? Kez. Kez. <laughs> he's like, he was like, hey, why? He was like, why was why was the Craig David character from Leeds or something like that? He's from Leeds, Southampton. He's like, oh, well, okay. it's just like the best. It's just like the opposite, isn't it? The complete opposite. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I, that was my first gig. No, I'm not hijacking anything. It's not all about me. But yeah, I thought I was thought it was great. Do you know what I mean? I thought I was going to be all. I thought I was going to get some birds home, finally get a girlfriend. I didn't. <laughs> Um, but right anyway so i want to take it back but right so i just want to rewind it back to 2006 or actually 2005 your british junior um record and also in that year you ran a silly quick relay split was it something like 43 43 7 in the 2005 world champ relays no 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 that's a couple of years later. Uh, Wikipedia <laughs> no, has like, let me down. So, so <laughs> I have not done my research. Let's <laughs> can we continue. In 2005, <laughs> I went to the European Juniors and uh, I got a silver, I think. And then we won the relay. And then I, I ran an all right relay leg there. So I got picked for the world champs in Helsinki off of that relay. And I, I went back to back. I went 44.9 and 44.8 in the region. I mean, for a junior as well, what was it like being a... Because I was a good junior and Colin was a good junior, but you were a, a superstar. You broke Roger Black's 20-year-old record. So there's a huge hype around young athletes like that. Did you... What was it like at the time? Did you know there was like lots of pressure and expectation? Was it exciting? Um, to be honest, it was before social media. That's how long ago it was. So like, you imagine... If you're a junior record now, how a record holder now, how much pressure you'd be under, and I, I got a lot of press attention and stuff. But um, to be honest, I kept reflecting it and talked about 800 the whole time. So everyone wanted to talk about that than actually, instead of my actual event. And was that nice. your aspirations at the time? Was that actually what you wanted to do? Yeah, I, I loved the 800. I still think it's the hardest fucking hard. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's fine. <laughs> like, swear away, not kill. Yeah, yeah. Like it's um, that as an event. Like when you see the guys pinging out 49s, 50 seconds, and then coming back. And it's just different. Um, so I'm a big fan of the event. I think having coming from a cross-country background and middle distance running as a kid, it was like, oh, I want to be an 800 meter runner. But the one lap kind of suited me, suited my body. And yeah, I kind of, it, at the time, it just made sense. Like, all right, I'll have a couple of years at 400. And then maybe three or four years time, I'll go run the eights again. But I stuck with it. And, 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 um, yeah, so without the social media back then and, and all the kind of the local press, were you on like bigger months, not bigger months, I don't mean monetary, but were you getting lots of support from UK athletics at the time who were kind of saying to you, look, mate, you can be awesome here? Or was it, well, do you think it was different then? There wasn't as much pressure? 
Um, so this is a long time ago. So I didn't have a a, Luff, a British athletics coach. Nick Dakin uh, was a university coach for Loughborough University. So we didn't have the same kind of constraints, I think, as coaches who are part of the system. So like we kind of did our own thing, a lot of the, like our own warm weather camps. We had our own, we could have our own therapy if we needed it um, through the university. Um, so I did have, there was people, <laughs> it was a strange time for British athletics as well because John Troer was a head of power and he was a javelin coach. So he was in control of all the sprints. And it didn't really make sense to anybody, but for me, it probably worked because it meant he wasn't in my way the whole time. Like he kind of let me and my coach get on with it. But I think now it's more of a control thing and maybe it's needed. But I was going to yeah. say that was going to be my question. What do you think is a better way to do it? Because I think around the same time, you and Col- like all three of us would have been supported in that era. Because I kind of remember being on the, the UK Athletics young athletes futures kind of program and they're kind of mm-hmm. just like here's a bit of money here's your point of contact go and crack on um so here's a weights program <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, yeah it was literally do this do some squats yeah it was like here's an snc program here's this go and go and what? run as best you can do you think it's better for athletes to have that freedom or like now where it's the more centralized program where I th- for the for the for the juniors i think there's a much better system in place like the futures program I, i'm actually involved in um the ACE program uh, that British Athletics are part of through, I work for Loughborough College and I'm an assessor and I look after a couple of athletes up in Manchester. Um, basically, as part of this, the ACE program is they go through like workbooks on nutrition, on um, S&C, on psych, sports psych. And it's it's a couple of things that you'd, you'd expect like a, an elite athlete to learn and they're kind of getting a head start on that. Um, and that's, that's like the bottom level. And then there's the futures, which is, I'm not involved with, but from what I can see, it's it's just as much of a, a support network as you can you need at that age. It's not overbearing. It doesn't get in the way. They want you and your coach to develop because like, obviously you see the likes of like Dina Asher Smith, and um, she's not been involved with a, a British athletics coach, but look at the success she's had. So, I mean, I, th- I think across the board, to be fair. I was talking about this today. The standard of 1500 meter running now is a lot higher than what it was when I was like a teenager coming through. If you, when I was a teenager, oh, cheers, mate. <laughs> <laughs> no, but Colin, you'll know this. Like, but when I was, when we were coming through, it was like if you ran a qualifying time, you got the champs. Now there's like four or five of them that. running. Yeah, you, yeah. you could go on a B standard. So obviously, to be fair, no matter what we think, actually running. Like the the setup that they have is clearly working for the juniors. You look at the sprinters now with like Reese Prescott, CJ Ujar, uh, running under ten seconds. Where you know it wasn't it wasn't like that, was it? No, no, definitely the the sprints. I feel like the hundred meter guys have come to a new level. Like um, with no disrespect to the guys that were around my time, they were kind of they were running ten ones and being mm. happy at ten ones. Whereas these guys want to run nine eight. Yeah. Definitely. They, they, what they want to go. And I've said this in the last three or four years. Like, there's a group of young athletes now across all the events who aren't happy to just make teams. They aren't happy to make finals. They want to win medals, which is like I went to Helsinki, which was fucking depressing. Like, I was a kid. I was 18 years old. I was just turned 18 years old. I was buzzing to be there. But we had like the worst championships ever. Like, <laughs> I think Paula Radcliffe medaled. I think the women's four by four and the men's four by one medaled. But it was crap. Mm-hmm. You know, and it was just like. Could you feel that, that on the of, team? Could you sense yeah, that? There was no team. Like, I remember walking around the corridors and the holding camp in Turku. Literally, like, the guy, like Graham Hedman uh, in the four by four really looked after me. And 
uh, it was a couple of young guys like Reese Williams, um, Alan Scott, Craig Pickering in our rooms with him. We, we kind of stuck together, but no one talked to us. Hmm. Whereas now you got like, I think it's a real kind of respect between all the, like the age groups. It's not like, oh, that's the senior bit and this is like the young kids group. It's all very mixed. And obviously like, the young kids are showing the old boys up. So, And do you think that's across disciplines hmm. as well? Definitely. I, I think, um, well, to be honest, everyone seems quite young to me, but they're probably in their mid to late 20s now. But um, like there's, there's, across the events, there seems to be young guys coming through all the time and new names. Like I didn't know half the people at the Europeans or the Commonwealth this year, hmm. but there, there was there's some real talent. And watching the trials last week and some events, like women's shot put and women's triple jump, there was actually like really solid performances and stuff. So, But there hasn't been for a while. Yeah, like, I can't remember a female shot putter. Really, that's awful, isn't it? Yeah. Same. Do you think the um, the unity is potentially part down to social media as well? Like, if you follow other teammates who you've never met before, and you like, I know it sounds really silly, but if you like one of their posts, you comment and say, "Well done, mate." Then when you actually see that person, it's almost like you've already been introduced. And you know them. Oh, you're all right, mate. People then are more connected and more informed about each other's performances. Like, oh, I seen your post about your four hundred hurdles PB the other day. That's great. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I think um, social media opens it up to people. I think you can follow people that you don't know and then all of a sudden you become mates over social media and chat away. But, no dick um, pics. No dick pics. <laughs> Do you know what annoys me on social media? When you're saying about results, people don't put their results up. Yeah. No. I'm not going looking for your bloody no, result. No. On Power I know, Day. I was just, doing that last night after a 5K. I was thinking, just someone put it up. Just, just want to see just put how this 5K went. Was that the one in Armagh? Yeah, I was just like, someone put it just, up. Just put my head in. Yeah, that's, it's so annoying. I just want to see like, I don't care if you ran crap. If I ran crap, I'll still put up my time. It doesn't matter. You know, like, people will find out, find out. There's no like hiding places anymore. So put your bloody times up. Remember when we were ki- <laughs> remember when you were kids and you'd go to like your local county champs and people were like, oh, what's your PB? And you'd be able to black out live on your PB. And you'd and be course. like, you, some guy would be like, you're under 13, 800 metres. be like, yeah, I've run 215. You'd be like, shit, a brick. He's run 215. Coach, he's run 215. What do I need to do? And he'd jog around in 245. And you're like... And then as a ciggy at yeah, the end, you're like, like, fuck. <laughs> fuck that, man. You're like, you lying bastard. You, didn't, you haven't run 215. <laughs> do, you not, do you not miss the days, right, when you used to just like wait for a Wednesday when Athletics Weekly would come out and you'd look through the um, results section and that and that's where you'd find out who people were and because you couldn't really put a name to a face it was quite like exciting wasn't it but now it's i, I know it's quite open now but we know everyone we've lost we? that bit, but we? You, yeah we kind of lost that like enigma bit where like you'd see i remember like this name dropping here but like the first time i met like paula i was like jesus christ this woman's like a god yeah but then when you meet her you're like oh you're all right actually you're a nice woman. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're like, i didn't think she was horrible or anything but like she's normal but like when you just read about her and you watch her run in like you're like oh jesus i put this person on such a pedestal and actually they're not really nice normal person i think that's uh, that's the one the positive thing that came out of going to helsinki when i was a kid i remember like all the top athletes i was excited to meet were decent people uh, like mm-hmm. i met Borzakowski. And I was just like, oh, it's just a pleasure to meet you. And he said, uh, he just said something like along the lines of, oh, nice to meet you. And that's it. But like, mm. as an 18 year old kid, that was enough. Whereas all the other guys who thought they were the, the big dicks or whatever, they, they were fucking, sorry, I keep swearing. Honestly, <laughs> mate, you're, you're fine. I've got a potty mouth. <laughs> I do, I really do. But um, yeah, all the people who thought they were like, the best athletes, they had no time for you. They had no chat. Like, yeah. I remember uh, I was with, Malachi Davis, who was an American guy who ran for Britain in 400, and he um, introduced me to Maurice Green. And he was just cool. 
And I was just like this little 18 year old kid, like snotty kid or whatever, spotty all over my face, <laughs> terrible hair and beads around my neck, thinking I was, I thought I was cool. But anyway, and he was just, he was just a nice guy, you know? And it, um, yeah. I think, um, I think that's kind of lost in athletics. Like sometimes you forget that. And that's why I love this podcast. It's like, you actually get to hear people and what they're about rather than that 30 second interview after the race where yeah. like, <laughs> people always judge them off that little i was injured for like four weeks and no one knows what's been going on and you're like all right yeah okay, okay. that's a moaner i don't want to yeah. listen to him anymore Brilliant. <laughs> yeah, terrible yeah. Time. But what, do, what do people have to say after a race you know you're either you've run really well so you're a bit overwhelmed and you're like oh i've had a cuddy race mate and all that or you're like or you or you they probably just don't ask the right questions do they like they they, they you walk up to them at the end and they say things and you just look at them and you think Really? Like, well, it's, you've just seen how crap I've oh, run there. Like, yeah. Like, like, just, that's, I remember once I just said, what did I say, Ross? I like, ran like a scared cat. And yeah, you did, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just went mental. I just was like, this is shit. But they'll, they'll say things that if you've had a really good run, they'll be like, so, really good run. You, you've won the Olympics. Are you happy with that? Obviously. <laughs> obviously. No, no, <laughs> obviously, I'm happy with that. So, I've had a shot on the way around. Of course I'm buzzing. So, so training's clearly been going well then. Yes. I've just run a yes, record. Yes. Just <laughs> smashing things at the moment. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Um, but no, it's funny you say that. I've got a really funny story. Actually, you've just reminded me about being introduced. Ross is funny story. Yeah, about being introduced at, uh, to like world-class athletes or that sort of thing. We were at um, the City Games one year. It was about 2008. And I was just old enough to start going out. I think I might have been 17. Fake ID. Um, nice. <laughs> um, and we were in the toilets at the pitcher and piano where they were having like an athlete's after party. And I was with another guy who was like sort of an athlete at the time. And who was in the toilet but John Drummond. Do you remember uh, the American yeah, yeah, sprinter? Yeah. And he, I didn't know who he was, right? Because I was only like 17. And uh, someone was like, oh, that's John Drummond. And just started going, I did that move. <laughs> I, I did that move. And he's like, Squash, in his face. Do you know who it was? It was, I think he's like Alec Duffield. He was like, I did not move. And then we were all like, and I was like, and I was like, oh yeah, I was like, oh, who are you kind of thing. And he's like, oh man, I'm John. I'm Usain Bolt. No, he goes, I'm Tyson Gates' coach. And I was like, oh yeah, of course you are, pal. And I'm Usain Bolt's coach. Good one. And he's like, and he's like, man, what are you talking about? I am Tyson's coach. And I was like, I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm just going to call you, see me. Tell him I met you. I'm, I'm his coach as well. And he's like, and so it's like, no, that is, that is Tyson that Gay's is coach. coach. And I was yeah. like, oh, that's embarrassing. <laughs> but yeah. Good stuff. The whole time he had his pants down. Yeah. He, he just windmilling the whole time. Yeah. Like, <laughs> um, but yeah, so anyway, we've, we've gone off on a little tangent. Um, so after 2005, you went to the Commonwealth Games in Melbourne. Yeah. 2006. How was that? That must have been because the, the Aussies know how to put on an event, I think. And uh, it, that one was one of the best. I've I've ever yeah, seen I think TV, so. I remember I looking at it and thinking, God, this looks amazing with like Craig Mottram in, in the 5K. It just looked like a great champ. So, yeah, how was it? Uh, uh, as an experience, as a, yeah, I was turned 19 after I came back from that. So I went to Loughborough. Uh, joined Nick Dakin's group, but loving life. Like, you know, when you just go to a new group and things are just going well, like I was killing all the training. So I turned up, I'd been on a, a short camp in South Africa beforehand. I'd run 45.9 for the first time. And then it was like, you're just confidence high. So I was just, Melbourne was just an incredible city to be at. And the whole, the, the MCG is a stadium. It's, it's just like, you kind of have a bit of an aura about it anyway. But like when you put a track down in it and, 50,000 people there on my first morning for a, mor uh, for a cool. morning session 50,000 yeah because I, 
I don't know who was competing that day, but it was. I think you. It was, <laughs> no, no, but I just, I just loved it, and I, I just, I decided that I was just going to enjoy every moment of this experience. And so I was walking. We came out at the three hundred meter mark, and instead of just walking the hundred meters across, we went all the way around the track. And I was um, slapping hands with all the kids as I was going around, so they'd have their hands out, and, and the, the Aussies loved it. Like they just saw this kid with spiky hair and stupid beads. And um, he's one of us, uh, mate. He's, he's <laughs> a think, good boy. <laughs> yeah, it, it was just cool. Like, they were just like, okay, so they got behind me. I, I ran a PB again in the heat and I did a big celebration like an idiot. And then in the semi final, I ran the national, re I ran the junior record in the semi final and I made the final. And I was like, I was buzzing my tits off. I didn't know what to do with myself. Um, that must have been amazing, though. Like, you know, it because what it was in 80,000 capacity. And was that the one where Johnny Steph was in the final? Johnny Steph won the final, yeah, yeah. Mate, so that, he was the lane inside me so he was like i was in five i think he was in four and i was just you know i was buzzing i just made the final i was like living my life and when they gave him the cheer the whole stadium went ah, johnny steps and then i was the next lane and the whole stadium went again like ah, i was like oh shit <laughs> and Stephenson afterwards like when we did all the media and whatever he's like yo the crowd loved you i was like fuck man i think they were just hanging on to you again but um it was it was just amazing thing to be a part of um and actually kind of helped me establish like i learned a lot on that camp about being a senior athlete and going to championships with pressure and how to deal with it and i actually got my ass spanked in a relay by uh lj van Zyl, the south african boy mm. that was my learning curve massive learning curve that day so uh yeah i took i can take a lot away from that year so what, what, so that, what was the bit you say you learned a lot what was the biggest thing you learned like was it even though i've come quite i've come pretty far I've ran a junior record i've still got a while to go was or what was it i shouldn't have had them vodkas last <laughs> night before this <laughs> it was uh, it was just like how to um handle yourself in the village i think that was a big thing um i hadn't i'd only been to two english schools as a kid and neither of them successful uh so i hadn't really been in a situation where I'd been away from home with a group of, other than at school or whatever, but um, on a trip or anything, but nothing to that magnitude where you're literally, it, it's not a fuck fest, but it's not far off, is it? You know? <laughs> right, yeah. And I was, you're all like living in each other's pockets. Yeah. Well, like, and... I, I was walking around with my training partner, Kamel Thompson, and he was like a 30 year old Jamaican guy. And literally all the girls were coming up to him. So I was kind of learning how to like behave yourself in the village. Because all these girls would be like, oh, who's this cute little kid um, <laughs> <laughs> trying to, like, look after me? And I was like, oh, no, no, no. But actually, I met my wife on that trip anyway, so. Um, <laughs> <laughs> fact, let's end leave that, that story. <laughs> leave it there. They said that about London 2012 as well. They came out and they were like, oh, yeah, I heard it was an absolute shag fest, orgies and that. I was like, well, I wasn't bloody invited to anything. That's no. ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get a free sniff. You know I mean? Well, me and my wife, were both there. we both got to experience it together, so, you know, it was great. <laughs> Uh, so did you actually meet Kate there? Yeah, so well, I'd met her in Loughborough just beforehand, but I didn't know her. Like she was done the just, groundwork. Well, <laughs> yeah, it was basically like did the groundwork. Ooh, we're gonna in be Australia. away for a while. <laughs> and um, yeah, then we started seeing each other when we came back. So oh, yeah, it was. Uh, so that's a long, long time ago. We've been together for a long time. Yeah. Um, yeah so nice. after 2006, it was the World Champs in Osaka in 2007. Yeah. So do you were you there competing individually on or for the relay there? Was it I was there as an individual. Um so I'd had the World Juniors as well in 06 and I I fucked up and came third. And then we had the relay and we came third in the relay and that was pretty cool. Um I had my 
I be, that's the only time I, I'll ever beat Radisha and I beat him in a <laughs> and that was the only time it was ever going to happen but uh, I took him on a relay but then the next year like I kind of uh, I had another big learning thing where Nick Dakin my coach he brought in another athlete brought in an Irish guy called David Gillick yeah, and, I remember um, him. Big Dave. Big Dave, top, top boy. <laughs> he but won he MasterChef in Ireland, didn't he? he? He did, and he's definitely doing very well from that. And he's got, like, cookbooks. And I, I don't want to overplug it, <laughs> but like, yeah. the books are actually, they're actually books that you want to read, his books. So oh. shout out to David Gillick, um, mm. the handsome devil. But yeah, he, um, he kicked my ass. Like, literally every rep, every session, he was just bullying me. And uh, I really struggled that year. I really struggled to like handle a bit from going like I joined Nick Nick's group and I found everything easy. I was the top of the group and uh, I had like we had sessions, uh, Bartlett sessions where we had some of Gandhi's guys coming down trying to kick me like in the 800 guys. They were trying to bully me and stuff, but I was <laughs> I was handling it. Was that like then, was that Ben Green and Michael Coulthard and them boys? Yeah, those kind of guys. And um, what a tank Coulthard is! Uh, I remember that guy was so white. There was another boy, another. <laughs> Northern boy, 800 guy, who drank, is it Stu Moreland? Uh, I think, no, I know who you mean. Um, um, not Stu Moreland. He hung around with Parsi. Um, yeah, he really did. And he was in his band, band, and he was in his band. Ed something, maybe. Oh, uh, I know who you no, mean. I don't think it was Ed. I don't think it was Ed. I, but anyway, this kid, like, this boy, if he didn't drink, he'd have been incredible. But um, I remember them just coming down week and week and just trying to batter me in these sessions. But I was all right. But then Gillick came along, and... Every session, he kicked my ass. So, 2007, I got to the World Champs. Uh, we were in the same heat together. He was in the lane. It was Warrener, then him, then me in the same heat. And Warrener back then was Bolt. Warrener like, was a yeah. god back then. He, he was real. the sunshine. Until he took his glasses off. No comment. No comment. No, he, he's a lovely guy, though, but like the glasses needed to stay. Well, because uh, back then he wasn't a lovely bloke. He never spoke to you. He, he basically oh, he he didn't speak to anyone he raced against. Oh, so right. he looked straight through you with his mm -hmm. glasses on. Thankfully, <laughs> <laughs> but now now on Facebook, me and him chat quite regularly. Like it's random. He had like, like a picks. redemption. <laughs> he had like a redemption thing, didn't he? I watched like a a documentary thing on him a while ago. Like, okay. Where he, um, he went through some like because he couldn't get back. I can't, what did I watch it on? I can't remember, but you know, like because he was so good and then he went so bad, um, and how he like dealt with that. He didn't go so bad, but like he, he yeah, wasn't he still, as like, good as he was, dropping like um, 44. Uh -huh. Yeah, still, <laughs> you know I mean? that's me. He was awful. Um, he uh, he couldn't deal with it mentally and he no. like, broke down and stuff. And um, I think that's probably why he's turned into it and realized he was a knob, basically. I think, yeah, I think that's just like the group he was in, like Clyde Hart has a way of. Uh, that's the way he wants his athletes to be and maybe that's the best but obviously breeds success and within that setup and uh as soon as he left he just it sort of, it was yeah. literally like it, a complete change apart, yeah it really yeah. did but uh, i thought it was when he got married i thought he became quite like he had kids and stuff and he just became mm. quite a nice bloke mm -hmm. but, um, yeah he was a god mate yeah I he mean, was and he just looked a dream boat when he ran and like <laughs> like there's something he's a dream like that, yeah, yeah a dream. he's just the Terminator. But it was just that American kit as well at the time. Like it was, yeah, a, it was just, kit. it was just, yeah, it was, it was awesome. We never had nice kit, did we? Like when we were younger, like our kit. What else is like West America's kit was like lush, and ours was always a bit like it's nice, but yeah, um, it was always like Finland, 
Estonia, they always had like randomly really good kit, and then we yeah, were like, just wanted oh. to swap with them like desperately. Oh, it's a Nike site. Oh yeah, do you want this nice, nice Adidas one? It weighs about four tons. <laughs> the, new, the new kit's nice. It's uh, yeah, it's decent. But um... I wouldn't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's um, no, decent stuff. And then 2008 um, was a very good year for you. So going into the Olympic year in Beijing, um, mm-hmm. you yeah. So can you just talk about that year? Because you ended up running a 43-7 relay split again, according to Wikipedia, and you were <laughs> sixth in the final. Um, yeah. Yeah. So just how was that year for you? Obviously, really, really good. <laughs> well, like I said, like Gillet kicked my ass for the winter of 2006 2007 and i think i learned a lot from like how to train um and how to prepare myself for sessions so i kind of applied that that winter um i think um a lot of athletes you kind of it kind of make or break you and that was something that definitely aided me so when i came back into my winter training in 2007 2008 i was just ready for everything i was ready for uh the sessions that gillick was going to beat me out and i was like cool all right but by the time we get to April, I'm going to destroy you. And that's pretty much what happened. And uh, um, and the most positive way that you can do with your training partner. <laughs> it wasn't yeah. like we weren't <laughs> at each other or anything like that. You know, it was just like mm-hmm. we things were just worked out that way that I just came into some really good shape. And from April onwards, I just kept winning races. Um, I don't think I lost until I got to the Olympic semi-final. Wow. Uh, maybe, maybe because I couldn't get into certain meets. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wasn't in uh, my first world uh, super super prix it wasn't it was the golden leagues and the super grand prix and uh, my first one was in london at crystal palace and I, ran, I won that and then i went to monaco like two days later and i won that as well and those were like the first two like big big meets and then the olympics was just uh, china they didn't they spent 20 billion dollars or something 22 or 20 whatever billion dollars and they didn't pay for any labor do you know what I mean? So, <laughs> it's, it's slave labor. So if you will build this, how you just do it? You just do it. Like so, can you imagine? Like like London was built for, I think it was four or five billion pounds or dollars, whatever it was. Cheap skits. And and we were complaining about how much it cost. And I was like, look, Beijing, and it was just a whole propaganda war that they put forward. But it was incredible. Other than my room, <laughs> I roomed with Andrew Steele, which was great. Like Andrew Steele's a great man. If you've met him, he's yeah, a he's a good bluff. But we had. Uh, a window in our room to the toilet and the toilet was right next to my head <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> so if someone went for a mm. shit in the night it was just like oh this is great <laughs> <That's> <laughs> like yummy. This, this is lovely oh someone had noodles <laughs> <laughs> oh noodles have stayed away from that soup stay away from the beach for god's sake <laughs> but, um, what is- but it was an amazing game and the sta- like the stadium's still the best stadium on earth like there's nothing um there's no atmosphere like it. There's no feeling about it. You, you walk in and you get a boner walking into the place. It's, <laughs> it's, that's the best explanation I've ever heard. So like, I, I used to get, I took, every time I went to the stadium in Beijing uh, for the Top world. Down, you got, <laughs> 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 oh, boner. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, I've got racist. <laughs> it's normally Three layers of lycra. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can't see in the pictures. That's damn. Uh, it's, um, <laughs> No, um, every time I walked up to the stadium in, in 08, I took a picture of it. What, your boner? Like, really? stadium. My boner. <laughs> Fortunately, pre-social media. Otherwise, it would have been on Snapchat and I'd have been in trouble. But, uh, <laughs> no, the stadium, just it just it was amazing. And uh, the track is obviously recorded. Everyone, look at my, my best two times are from there. 
um, and it's it just I don't know like Beijing as a city is a fucking hole but the stadium is like the sh- it was like the bird's nest on it and then outside oh. was the um, was it the swimming the like swimming the queue outside yeah, yeah. Um, so no I, I, I really enjoyed that games and I, I was disappointed not to come away I should have come away with a medal I, I, afterwards um, I kind of I ran a PB in the semi-final and made the yeah, final and then it was like just put the same race together and you'll be fine. And I tried to do something different and then I, I died a bit and it was, I think I lost out by, it was about two, a meter and a half or something to a bronze medal. So it, it was frustrating. Um, and especially at 21 when you think, Oh, I'm just going to keep doing this every year. It's going to be fine. It's going to be excellent. Yeah. I'm just going to win medals every chance I go mm-hmm. to. So don't do you, worry about do you, it. Do you but, think that was, cause obviously, you know, you're 32 this year. Yeah. So, Looking back, do you think in those years, so you know, five, six, seven, eight, nine, or even even up until now, do you think that was your potentially your best chance at getting an Olympic or World individual medal? Um, two thousand eight, two thousand nine, yeah, oh nine, I felt like was a um, oh eight, I had a great year. I made the Olympic final, came sixth, and around forty four sixty. But the year afterwards was uh, the year that I felt like right, I'm gonna. I'm going to win world champs. Like there's LaShawn Merritt, there's Warner, and then there's me. And that's the way I saw it. Um, and I trained like that way, but as does happen, uh, injuries kick in and you kind of, yeah, shit happens. Russians turn up. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually no, speaking, like, speaking, oh, wait, yeah. yeah, I was going to say, speaking of that. So, <laughs> so for those that don't know you, yeah, you anchored, <laughs> you anchored the 400 meter boys to a fourth place in Beijing. <clears throat> now two, two questions for this one at the time, did you know the guys and well, the guy, just there was one guy that got done for drugs was cheating. And so did you know at the time and did you feel disappointed or actually were you like, well, I've finished fourth, which is great, but I'm a bit disappointed. So, and, and how did it, three actually, and how did it feel when you did find out that you'd essentially been cheated out of a bronze medal? Um, at the time, like I, I was really disappointed with the run. Like I kind of, I got stuck behind a Jamaican at the start of the run and I felt like if I'd have got past him earlier, I could have got the bronze anyway. Um, but, yeah, I went into anti-doping, so the whole American team got do- uh, tested. The whole uh, one Bohemian got tested and one Russian got tested. I said, like, "No, fuck! Off. I was effing and blind." <laughs> I said, "You need to test the whole squad," and they're like, "No, that's not protocol." Blah blah. Basically, none of them had made the. In- I think one guy had made the individual for the Russian team, um, and they'd been running like forty-five highs and whatever. But then all of a sudden they're running two fifty eight, whatever, or two fifty seven, whatever, some ridiculous time. And I was like, they can't do that. We'd beaten them in. In Annecy at the Europa Cup by six seconds that year, six seconds, and Jesus. I was like, "No, you can't come around and just say, yeah, okay, these guys are now just better because of the Olympic final.' They're all why is that not looked at? I never understand why that's never looked at. Like, it really, but it always baffles me. Like, it's so odd. They, they think like they they think they can justify it, like because it's an Olympic final. No, well, because. It's not possible. What they'll have to There's... do is in the 1500, they'll test the kid from the Ivory Coast who's run 412 uh, and finish last in his heat. They'll be like, yeah, we'll test him. And it's like, really, yeah, yeah. lads? Like, Throw him in, that's, yeah. That's a waste of money. Like, yeah, the guy yeah. just ran 11 seconds down the So, yeah, so how did it... So, obviously, at the time, you you know, you kind of had your suspicions, but obviously you didn't know for sure. Um, and then when it did come up, but it didn't come out until 2016. So, we're talking like eight years later. Awful. Was, mm. What was it like? Um, for me, 
it was kind of like a vindication of what I'd said all the time. Um, it, I became a bit of a bitter, broken record, I suppose, about that specific subject. I was like, um, it was something that I know a lot of us were holding on to within the squad. We were like, we know we've been cheated out of a medal here. Um, especially going into London 2012, being the home Olympics, it'd have been nice to have that Olympic medal. Like um, if you're looking at sponsorship or you're looking at media yeah, opportunities. Yeah, uh, so that would have been huge. But uh, no one ever talks about that. No one ever talks. Like they, they, they briefly touch on it, but they don't talk really about all the different aspects that you do get from what they take away from you. They just brush it over like, oh, you missed out on the medal. But there's so many different scenarios. So much money of, involved. When... It's not just that. It's just there's different opportunities. Your life's completely different yeah. if you're an Olympic bronze medalist than you came forth. And I don't mean that in a horrible way. It just, if you win it at the time, the things that happen, you, and this is just silly things. Like you go on question of sport early or you, you end up on like um, TV doing different things and other doors open. Mm. And that's taken completely away from you for six years or how eight years. Wow. You know they've done it and it's just allowed. And then there's no, no real repercussion except for you get your medal, which I know is great. However, it, you missed out on all that different, sorry, all that different stuff. Yeah, it, it was, it was frustrating. I think, um, I think I found I was really frustrated going into 2012, but from the point of view, like I'd love to have an Olympic medal now and be like, cool, this is, I can milk this for as much as I can. And like athletics, you tend to have a short career, you know, you want to make a, mm-hmm. uh, a living as quick as for as long as you can. But, um, we all know that. Smash always work. Smash and, <laughs> <laughs> and, and property in London wasn't what it is now, you know, like you could buy a house with 200 grand back then, whereas now it's yeah. 800 grand. It's like, it's a completely different world. So, yes. um, from that point of view, I was, I was frustrated, but then I kind of just had to get on with it. Like, and I had to get on with my career. Um, and we went back to Beijing in 2015 and I got a bronze medal then. So that was my massive podium moment. I was on the podium. I was, this is my, me getting my Olympic medal. This is me getting my world medal. This is celebrating with my friends and stuff. And, um, I, I got to live that moment in Beijing. But then when we got the medal in 2016, I was kind of relaxed about it. I was like, I'm finally getting to, I wanted the silverware. I wanted it. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be able to, uh, hold this medal but the whole podium thing was kind of like I think it was more I really wanted the other guys to have the same experience that I'd had in 2015 you know I wanted them to go out and enjoy it because actually um, some of those guys like <clears throat> Andrew Steele and was it Rob Tobin was in the team as well yeah, like they, and you, Binghams. you you went on to achieve lots of other things which they like didn't not in a, not in a nasty way but they didn't do it so for them it was you know that would have been so special for them to have to have got that. So yeah, huge. Like Andrew Steele got a hernia. I don't think he's ever really talked about it. But like down the back straight on the first leg, um, he got a hernia. I don't know what happens. Fortunately, I've never had a hernia. But whatever popped out, popped out on the back straight, and he still finished off his leg. And like we still came fourth. So you know, like mm-hmm. um, those are like the unsol- untold stories that could have made a difference. That's amazing. I didn't know that. So like you know, you, if he if we'd got that Olympic medal, it'd have been like man with hernia still gets Olympic medal or whatever, you know? Um, yeah, yeah. It's little things that make a big difference. But you know, they, do say, no, they, do. they do say for, for people to win an Olympic medal and they say all the stars have to align and they really do. When you yeah. hear things like that, everything but uh, all the stars <laughs> do need to align. Because like you say, had Steely not popped his hernia he might have run half a second quicker which would have yeah. easily been the difference between you and third or even you and second i don't know what the official result was and yeah yeah we could have come second that day i think um had the stars aligned like I said but it's that's 
that's our sport, unfortunately. Like all those things don't always work out. You can be in the best shape of your life and things go wrong. So, do you um, think? Do, so, when I maybe I look back at things with rose tinted glasses, and I think we all have a tendency to do this in life, right? Whether it's looking back and going, "Oh, well, school was better when I was there," or "This was better when I was there," but I sometimes do look back and think athletics was better back then only because I feel like it was more simple like there seems to be so much controversy now and maybe we're just exposed to it more but I look back at yeah those type of games and I don't know I I I think like you say you were saying Colin about you had these figures of athletes that seemed like kind of gods and and that sort of thing Um, do you look back at them and think times are different now to them Um, I do think we're more exposed and more um less elusive you know like there's kind of like you said about paula like she was this person that was uh out there and she was just an incredible thing and actually when you get to meet her she's just a normal person whereas i don't think we have that anymore because we all have social media and we're, yeah. to be successful in this sport financially you need to have social media otherwise mm-hmm. no one wants to deal with you so um we do have an like a we are open to people like noah lyles or usain bolt or um mo farah like they all have they will show a side of themselves that you probably wouldn't have seen in the past. But yeah. I do, do I think the athletics is better or not? Uh, I don't know. I think it always changes. I, I, I think there's I'll, like, in the 400, you had Warren, which was incredible. And now we've got Wade Van Niekerk, who I think is, is superhuman. Uh, I hope he gets uh-huh. back to some kind of health and I want to see him back in the next two years running back to 43s and whatever. doesn't even look like it's a, chore for him does it no i'm just a fan of these kind of guys who can move and um yeah i'm just i want to see these guys running again so i love it as well the straw i get get really weird about people's strides and just the way they look look like it sounds weird when they're running (laughs) just the smoothness and stuff just that when it just looks effortless it's like wow you just get drawn into it do do you you guys think the 1500 meters is better now than it has been in the past no I feel very sad about the 1500 metres because like, there's been so many Olympic champions who've since been done for drugs, like Rashid Ramsey, obviously mm-hmm. Abzel Kiprop still going we through. All, but Ramsey was an obvious... Yeah, that was fairly obvious. Not yeah, but, but like, um, no, I agree. I think like um, the difference is that like, I love what the boys are doing now. The British boys are on another level to what we were on. But that, that next level isn't there like okay. it was before. But I think that's that because the, I do think the drug cheats are being caught up so i think that's a good Mm -hmm. thing but what i was kind of thinking about Rooney was i don't know maybe when i right okay so here's a point the diamond leagues or the golden leagues used to be on live tv on a friday night like on bbc3 you'd have a team of people there interviewing the athletes the stadiums always seemed to be fuller crystal palace was always like packed out i i'm gonna say something controversial (laughs) i'm gonna say something (laughs) controversial the Olympic Stadium was incredible for the Olympics, but for the, the, the anniversary games, it's just too big of a stadium for an event like that. And, and Crystal Palace... They charge too much. Yeah, well, Crystal Palace was like, what, 20,000, 18,000? And they used to, like, pack it out. And it just had that history. And I think it's such a shame that they don't have it there anymore. No, I, I said this earlier. I was at Crystal Palace. Um, my parents are quite close to it. So I was there New Year's Eve. And I just went, I did my session on it, and I was just like, this place is so much better than Birmingham, and it's so much yeah. better than, than London. It's a weird place, isn't it? Like, it is a strange place. It's, like, it's just got something 
it, you can't put your finger on exactly yeah it's something that it, it just resonates with athletes i think you kind of get there and you kind of get a good feeling about the place and i know people say oh it's hard to get to but i'm like there's like it's not a train hard. station there's a train station on the site next to the Birmingham's track. hard to get to <laughs> Birmingham's hard to get to and there's a bus stop that there's like 30 buses or something i don't know but it's so historical. I've got the bus there from from Twickenham once. It's to race. so easy. When you um, think of the races and stuff that have been there, like over the years, like it's just so much. I don't know. I just and I, I, I don't. I don't like the Olympic Stadium. I, I haven't warmed to it. I've never like the Olympics was incredible. The whole atmosphere of the place was different. But yeah. like you said, since it's West Ham Stadium now, it's it's pretty average. I just think like as well, like, you know, you see... Is that because it's West Ham Stadium? <laughs> well, I, I, just, I just don't think it has any warmth to it. You know? Yeah, no, like, I agree. Yeah, yeah. Even even know. Gateshead has more warmth to it in a way. Yeah, like, 100%. It's, 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 I don't know. And this is the thing I mean, like, I, I love athletics now and I still do, but it's just, it's almost like dying a slow death. I think yeah. in, a, in a lot of ways and you and you see all these, oh, we've got a new president here, we've got a new thing there, but nothing changes and it's not moving forward with the time. I just want to drop events. Yeah. I think uh, <laughs> I, I've, I was heavily critical of Co when he came in. Like I was like, Look. but uh-huh. the guy has come out and he's literally trying his best to just click, like change the sport. I think he is trying to market, remarket the sport in a way that sticks to the traditional aims of it. But... Uh-huh. It appeals to the younger market, which is it's, which is tough. Like if you mm. you go to watch athletics and you look around the crowd, how many young people do you really see who are there on their own, unless they're with their parents? You know, it's kind mm. of it's mm-hmm. it's an kind of an older generation of athletics fans at the moment. Um, yeah, I think the street meets are incredible. I think they do a I great do. job. I like them. Um, I've not seen them. I think they're just. I think oh, you, the gets... ones in Manchester and stuff. Sorry. Yeah. Well, it, yeah. 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 Sorry. I have even like the field events. Like uh, my wife Kate, she was obviously a pole vault and she competed mm-hmm. around Europe, uh, vaulting in the streets. And it was like you'd be down some in the shopping centre or you'd be outside a cathedral or whatever in a square, and yeah. it'd just be like thousands of people there drinking beer, watching high-level sport, and it's creating the crowd. I think, it? yeah. That's an easy way to create the crowd. Yeah. With, which they don't do with athletics. They charge. Well, I, I think I read a stat something this weekend. It's two hundred or one hundred and fifty quid for a ticket to watch Birmingham. Nah, I should yeah. not. Yes. Who, who wants to go Some, and watch them? Someone put the indoor ticket. Like they've all sold out, and there's only tickets that are only left that are one hundred fifty quid. Bloody yeah. hell. It's a lot. Who of wants to pay that? Like you uh, don't even get to meet an athlete. Like they don't even do meet and greets. Uh, you know, like football. Yeah. So like you turn up and you get to meet. And I know Farrah probably wouldn't do this, but you turn up, you get some dinner, you watch some athletics, and then at the end you get to meet Farrah for five minutes. Yeah, like well, uh, they get to meet you. Oh, but you get paid for it as well, so it's beneficial for you. It's it's a simple formula, Spl- isn't it? Like I, yeah. Muller, like so I'm I'm a, I'm a Muller ambassador, so I will do ice ice. <laughs> <laughs> So you may have seen me in the advert. You might have seen my wrist. It's like Adam, Cat, uh, Posy, and there was a couple of us or whatever. I, I'd literally flown back from New Zealand to to Paris, and it was like got off the plane. Right, you're going to do this advert. Didn't have my kit. Had some of Posy's spare kit, or whatever. So I literally just put my wrist in it. <laughs> it was like some hairy gorilla arm was just there in the corner of the picture. <laughs> And and then you sat in the corner and just smashed down loads of yogurt. Yeah, that's pretty much all I did. <laughs> I, I chewed the hell out of that stuff. It was good stuff. But um, they've, they're really trying to get our, us involved. And I'm like, look, I'm going up to Glasgow to go watch the athletics. But mm-hmm. if you want me to do an appearance, I'll do an appearance. Mm-hmm. I, I know people might not want to come and see me, but at least there's some athletes yeah, there. Will. You know, if you can bring Cat, or, well, Cat's obviously competing, but like, I don't know. Um, Adam's 
bring them across from the states and get them there for a day people will love to see mm-hmm. them and 100 percent. they need to be more there, there needs to be more of that interaction i know you're willing to do it there's a lot of people who aren't willing to do it at all but i think if you don't start engaging with the public and people mm-hmm. you, it's just going to keep drifting and i don't think we do enough as athletes i think after races and stuff definitely like people sign autographs that you, like i've seen you stay in there signing people's autographs after races and stuff obviously when it's a good one um, <laughs> um yeah, but, uh, otherwise i'm, I'm kicking the kids out of my way <laughs> get out but like i think i think what's getting lost is that you've got all these social media things and what they have no idea what to do with it so That's athletics true. british athletics have no idea what to do so they don't understand that they should come and follow you they should say to you Martin, can we come follow you for a week? We won't intrude in your life. We're sending a, a photographer, a filmographer down for the week. He's going to film you for the week. And then at the end, we'll run th- he'll, he'll edit or show it you. And if you're happy with it, we'll put it out as like a documentary leading up to the British Athletics Trials yeah. or a document. Like, but there's none of that. There's none of, there's not, none of you going, there's none of them filming you going into schools before Birmingham like, um, thingy and then saying, kids, here's free tickets. Yeah. Come watch these races. That's what needs to happen. It's, but they're not willing to lose the money on free tickets. And so it's mental. It is odd. But it's also like, I was once by Nike for a long, long time. But mm-hmm. they were useless at like, promoting their athletes. They mm-hmm. maybe promote one too. But you see like, the guys who have New Balance now, yeah. like, the amount of promotion those guys do with their athletes, it's incredible. Mm-hmm. And it's just such a simple formula. Like I saw Harry Aikens, who is really good at social media anyway but and massive and massive yeah he's massive. <laughs> but he uh, <laughs> he's got, he, like, he could breastfeed a cat correct he, <laughs> he could eat me <laughs> he could bench us all in one seat <laughs> yeah. but um he's they did gifts with him like new balance created these little gifts that appear on his instagram do you oh, know wow. what i mean and so you can search yeah. for harry on instagram and you can get these little gifts and his new balance i'm top, definitely doing like, that as soon as oh, i can do it <laughs> and it's i like, want to make one um, <laughs> that's it that's a simple thing Anyway. I think there's so, yeah, there's no, so is, much. Yeah, that is what needs to happen. That like that level. This is the this is the difference between that football and all that engaging with kids. And mm. say, just take Fortnite for example, which is a computer game that is so socially orientated mm. rather than what it actually is. That it does everything yeah. it can to attract people. British athletics and athletics in general does nothing besides a tiny amount to in to entice kids to come they they they, they don't do anything i don't think in my opinion, they, they jump on try one or two in. athletes rather than like yeah, the fact it. that they've got like a team of 60 athletes or whatever and they'll literally uh-huh. promote two of them and be like oh why is this not working like, <laughs> well you're yeah. hit, you're not hitting the demographic you're literally hitting like two athletes and, who, who and as well lots of everyone yeah i think as yeah, well exactly. typically they've always picked as well like the most clean cut Corporate, corporately pleasing athletes. Never me (laughs) to promote, but they have though. Like they never. Not me recently. (laughs) I mean, honestly, we could probably talk about this for a full hour. But for me, like Mm. I'm probably you know one of the worst. You did say you drank on national TV. You were pissed like the week before the Olympics. No, wasn't. What you talking about? That's what you said. Oh, ah. You said. At the Olympics, wow! I was out drinking last week. Or no, something. I said I've been drinking for two years. There's a difference. Two years. Just that week. But like, we can all we can talk about this for ages. And for yeah. me, there's just something that doesn't seem quite right. But I want to touch on one thing before we do all the the kind of fun stuff. Um, mm-hmm. So you, talk, I've heard you talk about the 800 meters a lot. 
Is that still yeah. something? One, is that still some? I love a two-part question, don't I? I always do this. I'm like, one, <laughs> da, 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 two. <laughs> Just get your money, right? Um, <laughs> Bally for money, Ross. Um, what, yeah, so do, do you still envisage yourself giving them a go? And if you don't, do you regret not giving it a go? Uh, probably not now. I think uh, last year, I fo- like, like I said, I was working on my 600 and I got that down to 75.0 and I was like, Jeez. cool. <laughs> That's that's it's solid. Um, I want. I was kind of like, but I think if you can run forty-four seconds, you should be able to run like yeah. somewhere in that region. But yeah. then I tried to run an eight in Loughborough this last year. And I, the pacemaker was set at fifty-four, right? And I went off at twenty-four. <laughs> I love it. I've seen, I've seen Conrad Williams do something similar to the indoor once, and you think like, God, he's gone through in fifty fifty-four. He's he's going to be jogging, and you you just blow up. <laughs> Oh, mate, my, so my coach, Graham, at the time, he was sitting at 200. And he's like, Rooney, you've gone too quick. And obviously, he's like, it's Loughborough, so you can hear that. No, I haven't. <laughs> so I slowed down around the bend. And then that was like the worst thing I ever did. So I ran 52 through 400. But did, my that hips were dead. did that no, feel easy for Did that feel easy? It was horrible. It was horrible. So strange, have, isn't it? Like, you should have ran yeah. 49. And I'd have been far more comfortable doing that. And I'd have died, whatever happens. But from 350 onwards, I literally was just treading water because I'd gone so. Like I switched off and I was plodding around. I should have wore trainers almost, you know? Do you think if you'd, um, if you'd have given it a go and say, like, after 2012, I'm just saying, for example, I'm not saying you should have, but if you went, do you know what, it was 2012, for the next four years, I'm going to give this a go to real. Do you, th- do you think you had potential over it? Um, yeah, I think, uh, like, you look at the guys, like Radisha and whatever, and um, you look at, um, what's one and boy, what's his name? Amos. They're all, Nigel Amos. They're all sprinters at the end of the day. Mm. Um, so uh, We just hang on at the end. Don't they, they do, but like, the, and it's obviously the commitment to the training and their bodies hold on to like that endurance stuff, like they can put mileage together. Um, mm-hmm. So it probably would have taken me two or three years to get some kind of mileage. But um, yeah, who knows? I, I think it's, it's something that I can't take back. I'm, I'm really getting older, so I'm not going to have a go at it now, really, mm. um, and really do any justice to it. But... Uh, I also think, like, every time I do talk about it, I feel like I'm being a bit disrespectful to the other guys who are running the event now. Like, because we have obviously people like Kyle, we've had mm-hmm. Asaji, Guy Liamar, Rimmer. Rimmer, I went to World Juniors with Rimmer back in the day. And it was, a, it was just. A, he was a monster, like, he definitely big monster. He came from a speed background as well. And I felt like, yeah. like, I wasn't massively quicker than him. He was, as when we were juniors, he could run 33 0 for 300. So that's like he uh, had some legs he had some, I, like, I've, I don't know absolutely if just, unbelievable I don't know if he just as he got older just started doing too much mileage and stuff but yeah I think he just kept changing around I don't know but just from looking at it from the outside I think he just changed up his training too much mm. I think he I just I think that's part of it sometimes as well though Crammy once said something to me and I totally believe this he's like most people and this is most people, you're obviously going to get your exceptions, like your Nick Willis's, but he said most people, their athletics career is like a, a, an upward curve on a graph. Then when you get to the top peak point, you get four to five years at the very top of your, your peak, and then you'll slowly dip off again. And, mm-hmm. and, and let's say for Rimmer, I'm not saying this is the case, but, you know, he had his best years from 2008, seven. Or six, even six when he was European. Six, yeah. So he had his best years here. Like he was on the upward curve. He hit 2007, sustained it in 2011, where he ran 144, and you dip off. And it's not he might not have done anything wrong. Mm. It's just that we all only get like Martin. Your best five years might have been from 2000 and. 
seven, six to 12. Do you know what I mean? Like, maybe, yeah. I, I don't know. You'd be able to track it, maybe, but, and you've had a 12 year career, which is very long. But I do think, you know, most. Still going. Still going, yeah. <laughs> still <good>. most, <laughs> but most athletes do get that five year window, and, and you, you're good at either side of it, but just not as good. Mm. I think um, it's kind of weird because obviously then I had a uh, was it seven year gap between PBs. So wow, kind of, I take that back. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, it was also like, I also changed coach and stuff, and I, I joined a, a completely different setup where I was working on basically I was just trying to be a sprinter, and I was surrounded by Olympic champions, world champions. So the only way to survive was to get better. You know, there was no way you could go into a group like Arena Riders group and not. I don't, it just kicked you up the arse mate. Yeah. It, it, I thought uh, what we were doing before was world class and I think that's probably what Mo had when he was at St Mary's and then he went and then to changed, uh, Salazar yeah. it was like oh shit I, I thought what we were doing was amazing and it's like, uh-huh. actually no here we go you are probably yeah, I think go on Colin no 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 I, I agree that's what I think because I was training with Farah and St Mary's and I thought there's not much more he can do here yeah like and obviously there was <laughs> like massively like training with me was not helping him yeah. <laughs> um, but, got him yeah, that speed then, yeah, do you know what I mean? And then uh, you see that, and then I totally understand what you're saying. As soon as you move to something else, you realise, you know what? Nah, I've not. This, I've got so much more mm. to get. I think I've, got, I've got another level to get to. You are probably one of those anomalies, actually, Rooney. Where you've had 12 years now, right? That's a hell of a long time, especially for a 400 meter runner. So, actually, this leads us on to the questions that are sent in. Um, mm-hmm. So, obviously, as you know, we do the sent in questions. So, one of the questions that was sent in was, "How have you?" How have you sustained? How do you think you've sustained your career for so long? Please tell us. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. I think by choosing the right event, do you know, like mm-hmm. uh, I think if I'd have been an 800 meter runner, I'd probably been done in three or four years, you know, like it would have been a yeah. shorter career. I think the 400 just suited my body. Um, I've, I don't know, maybe I've never reached, I've never, what's it like um, when you burn the candle? Um, I've never really shone that bright. I don't think I, like I've done well, but I think I probably could have done better. You don't think you've done? Yeah, yeah. I, I think I've done. I think I've got a lot out of this body. Like I think mm-hmm. uh, I didn't really think I was ever going to go to Olympics. So to go to three, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so maybe I don't know. Just um, uh, I, th- I don't know. I you I, seen your stride? It's pretty nice. It's pretty it's, sweet. It's, it's all right. <laughs> but like, I, I don't know. I, think, I, I love the sport. I think that's one thing. I, I love the sport and I love the pain of it. I love like how much. It Do you hurts think the and... relay kept you in it? Because yeah, I, I like the, my, my thing. Like you are so good at that, and I'm not saying like your 400 is amazing. It's no, just, no, I'm a better I, I, runner. When I'm when, when you're in when you're in the four by four, I, you, I'm just like, don't worry about it. As long as you get him, it, he's gonna he's gonna put a shift in. No matter what, whoever's in the team, if you're in the team. You are a team player. You're going to put every single bit you've got into it. And it's just like, it's not like a guaranteed great run, but you do put your all into it. Well, you see some people just go, oh, yeah, I'm going to do the relay. Like, yeah, you, it's like a football team thing for you. Do you know what I mean? You're like proper like buzzed for it. Yeah, I don't want to open a can of worms because I'll, like there is times when you go on the track and people aren't 100% involved in it. And you're like, do you fuck off? You know what I mean? Just leave, <laughs> yeah, yeah. just leave me alone. But like, I love the. I'm a much better relay runner than I'm a, a 400 meter. That's, that's pretty easy to see from results and stats. I think and that's that, why but... people thought you'd love to run the eight because when you're running with people on top of you, in and out, weaving in and out, like mate, looking for lines and stuff, you're just like, it's another animal. I, mean? I, I think people are like desperate for you to run the eight because of that. I think. Yeah, I think that's why I'm a good relay runner is because I ran the eights as a kid. Like, and I don't think, like, I have awareness. I have spatial awareness. I know where. 
Uh, I think Dwayne's probably the only person on the team now who's because he's played football, he's yeah. he's able to see gaps. I think he's still he's only really ran four relays uh, hmm. at elite level, so he's still at thirty whatever thirty four years old. He's still working out, but um, <laughs> I think relays. Like, I just because I, I I've, I've always been very observant. I've always been able to spot gaps, and I, I know everybody I'm racing against. I, like I'll know who's good at what. Like Kevin Borle is probably top three relay runner in the world. Like. Yeah. So I'll know what he's going to do before he's going to do it. And he knows what I'm going to do before I'm going to do it. So, so that, it's... Go on. Yeah, I don't know. Well, that, I think the relays have definitely kept me in the sport for yeah. a lot long. And, and for the next two years, that's my main focus is doing my bit for hopefully trying out this mixed relay and then um, obviously the 4 by 4s for the next two championships. And that leads us on. The next question was, what do you get more satisfaction out of or have you had out of your relay medals or your individual medals? Uh, I think winning the Europeans in 2014 was pretty cool. That was like... Uh, yeah. To be a champion uh, me, is awesome, I would imagine. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, 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 I would guess. I, <laughs> I, I had a good week that week. Like, it was like, uh, it's been a long summer. And to win that, to go and come home from my group, like, go back to the group that I was in and be one of the champions, you know, like, obviously those guys are Olympic champions, world champions. It's, it's, a, it's another big step up, but... Um, to say, like, look, I, I won something. That was pretty cool. Um, but then the relays, like, I've had some great moments in relays, like, where uh, shit just came together. And you just, it's nice to celebrate with your mates. Like, I generally get on with pretty much everyone in the team. So it's uh, mm. it's pretty easy to, it's quite fun to be around those guys. And, um, to to win with your mates, it, like, it's like when you train, if you have a training partners in the team, it's pretty fun. That's pretty special. Mm. And uh, leads us on to the next question. Um, <laughs> someone, someone messaged in to say they didn't have a question. It wasn't a question as such, but they just wanted to say like how much they loved the commentary from Crammy in the 2015 four by four. Uh, world <laughs> champs on the like, Rooney, is he gonna get it? <laughs> Martin, Rooney, how are the lads? How are the lads? <laughs> uh, oh, wait, the lads? <laughs> uh, they just wanted to say that. Um, cool. And the other thing was, it's not a question that, Ross. No, but I like they, it. no, no, but people, you know, people want to share a nice moment with a. With that was athlete. a good moment. Um, and they just said they love. Was that Crammy himself? <laughs> <laughs> it was one of Crammy's highlights. Um, who's the best and worst person you've ever roomed with at a champs? Best person uh, at champs. Oh, shit, I've had some good ones. So Niall Flannery was good. Um, good James Ellington's been yeah, good guys. Uh, James Ellington's a great lad. I roomed with him. Um, Jack Green uh, at the Commonwealth and at the Europeans this year was good. So Andrew Steele back in the day. I've, I've been spoilt with good roommates. Um, I'm not going to say bad roommates because I don't. I've been. I've probably been the bad roommate. Man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm probably the dickhead that everyone's avoiding. Um, everyone's writing on the list. Not Rooney. Not Rooney. Um, so now I've I've avoided snorers. You know, if I yeah. know that someone snores, I don't room with them. So um, other than that, everyone's pretty uh, good. That's me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, the next question. Or sleep was... talkers, like what you were saying last week. Again. Oh, yeah, <laughs> <sure>. <laughs> um, so do you know? Uh, one, do you know Cameron Boyek and Loughborough? Uh, no, oh, he's one. Of, he's one of Guy's mates, Guy Lemont, and he he asked uh, <laughs> and he meant it in a nice way, in a fun way, because he he sent in some of the nice questions as well. He said, "How did it feel to get pummeled by Guy at the yeah. <laughs> in the five hundred meters at the City Games?" The first time around, I was pissed. 
fucking hell, I was fuming. <laughs> but he deserved it. He, he, ran, he, he was definitely in better shape and uh, he, he put a better race together. And then last year, do you know what? Like, um, I was rooming with him and I, um, I was ill, like really ill. And I was like, I'm going to pull out of the race. And then they said, no, your appearance is this. I was like, Kate sent me out the door. <laughs> she literally she packed my bag for me. She's like, yeah, you're doing Don't it. come back until you've read. <laughs> and uh, so he saw me and he knew I was fucked. And then he, like, he just got me on the light. Like I was coming uh, probably till about 100 metres to go. I was actually like not in a bad position somehow. Um, my whole thing was beat Conrad Williams <laughs> because <laughs> I've never lost to Conrad before. I was like, no, nah, it's not happening today. <laughs> and then I found myself like, I think, oh, I don't know. He just beat me. But I'm a big fan of guy. Like I know... Um, the boy's got a lot of heart and he puts a lot of, uh, he puts uh, himself out there. And I think people just see the, the ego that he's got, but they, they don't see that the work that goes in behind it. So I've met him in person like future and I think he's lovely, you know, and I think his online persona is slightly different to his real life one from what yeah. I know. But again, <laughs> I don't know him super, super well, but I think he's always been really nice when I've met him. And yeah. I think it's good he's... on him sometimes for putting himself out there in one respect. Yeah. Like, like he's, I yeah, think, go for it. You have to put yourself out there to be shot sometimes and shot at. And um, I think a lot of the middle distance guys do want to beat Guy. But that's like, you know, that's part of our sport. We all want to win. So mm. um, he yeah. just goes for it more. I think he's more open about it. And well, he said today, I'm a fan. He said today on Instagram that he wants to run um, the Scottish record that Tom McKean set indoors. Wow. Tomorrow. Tomorrow, yeah. He said he's going for wow. it. And he, and he said in his post, he's like, what is that, 1.4? I don't know. I think it's 45, five, yeah. yeah. But he said, he said, I know I put myself out there, I know make these claims, but this is what I'm going to try and do, and I'll try my best yeah. to do it, kind of thing. And you think, well, good, like, good on well, you. We have a go, we have a go at athletes for not saying anything, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, at least it's like, the way yeah. I say it. I'm a fan. Like, I think um, I'm, I'm a big fan of pretty much all our middle distance runners. We've got a good group of lads, it's better than it has been, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> no. yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh, you dickhead. <laughs> Sorry. No, they're great. Great lads. Um, who is the best coach you've worked with and why? Rainer Ryder. Um, Rainer Ryder came into the UK uh, in 2012. So I had hip surgery. I'd had uh, a labral tear in 2012 and uh, I got it repaired. I was in Birmingham for a bit because I needed to get out of Loughborough. And I basically started just, I was coming across the Loughborough to get treatment. And I just started watching their sessions. Um, I was watching him coach like Christian Taylor and uh, Daniel Carruthers. And there was all loads of British guys that joined his group or whatever. And I was just like, this is where I need to be. Um, this is where I need to be around. And um, I moved back to him. And yeah, I won two Europeans with him. I, I ran a PB. Um, he, he made me into a different beast. I think uh, in 20. 16 like I fucked up at the Olympics and I kind of I felt bad for him when I did that because it was he kind of got me into the type of shape that I should have made the Olympic final and like I, I wouldn't have medaled like no way but um just to be in that final with Matt that would have been like an amazing experience two Brits there so um yeah I felt bad for that but he he's uh one of those characters that if you're in his group it's uh, it's an amazing experience, and he'll he uh, he'll stick he'll fight for you, and he'll put his time in for you. But if you're not in this group, he, he's like fuck you. <laughs> he's gonna, but you know, I don't. That's against the world. Yeah, and, I don't uh, mind that if he's not your coach. I, why I would loved he? It. Why would he try and help you? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I loved it. Um, like, I think basically when I won the Europeans in Zurich, I didn't see him until I got back to the hotel. But um, one of the physios just said. 
once he saw the result, he's watching it on the warm-up track, and he just started walking off, and he was stomping off, and he was going, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. <laughs> he was just giving fingers to, like, up in the air, like, in gen- no one's general direction, but it was just like, that was fucking cool. So, uh, yeah, like, he, he's an amazing coach, and he gets results out of his athletes, and, yeah, when you've got multiple Olympic champions and world champions, and the results speak for themselves. Um, brilliant. Um, one of the questions someone said was, how long do you intend on keep going for? Um, but I think you kind of answered that when you said for the next two champs, you want to go yep. for the for the relay. And then do you think that'll be you retiring or will you kind of reevaluate? I just think my body will give up by then. <laughs> I think uh, I've stretched it enough. And uh, Tokyo, it's um, from a geeky point of view, I don't know if you've ever seen Akira. Um, definitely yeah so like uh, as a kid that was like one of the first animated things I ever saw and that's Tokyo 2020 you know it's uh, yeah and they had the Olympic Stadium in Tokyo so I was like right I have to go to that and um, yeah so that's That's after that it'll be kind of cool like we'll see what happens after that cool Um, so next um, (laughs) Colin you'll like this so I've changed the um, celebrity I've changed the celebrity (laughs) dinner Nah, to, I was prepared to, for that. To, well, you can still, it's, it's similar to a... Snog Mario boy. Uh, oh, that'll be good. We'll do that next week. Um, to a partridge game. So it's... Oh. <laughs> if you could spend a day with a celebrity, what you doing? Who's with you? <laughs> it's like, I don't know. We'd watch you in Legoland and go for a lovely lamb lunch in the centre of winter. So if you had to do anything with a celebrity for a day, what would you do and who would you do it with? I'd love to do a, a training day with Conor McGregor. Nice, that is brilliant. Nice. Yeah, I, I think the guy—he's—he's he, another one of those guys who says it and he brags about it or whatever. But like, he's—he's he's one hell of an athlete, man. Just backs it up. Fuck it. Like, I think what people forget about is the guy is just a supreme athlete, and yeah, he—he he, he lost his last fight, but that was uh, against a guy who wanted to win it against rather than the guy who'd already won everything he'd ever mm-hmm. wanted. You know. Mm. Um, I think his persona so, as well. I bet you, I've got no idea, but I bet you his persona behind the the social media is like fifty percent of what you see. Do you know what I mean? I think he probably yeah. tones himself up because he knows that it's it's it sells. It sells. Yeah, yeah. of course it yeah. does. He got he got a, a multi million pound fight with Floyd Mayweather because mm. of the persona that he puts out on the thing. Like, mm. um, so uh, yeah, I'd, I'd I'd like to hope I'd hope he's some kind of humble. Then, Behind the scenes. Then what about after your training day? Like, what would you do? Just hit him balling or? <laughs> I'd go on the piss. Around in the octagon or something. <laughs> I just have to go on the piss with him as well. You know, like uh, proper twelve whiskey. I've never had any. I keep seeing it on my social media. Same. I see it everywhere. <laughs> I keep every trying to find out where you get mess. it from, but I can't get it. We can't. It's only in the US or something, yeah, isn't right. it, at the moment? But um, yeah. yeah, that that'd be it. I just um, train with him all day and then go out and go out on the beer and. See, I was thinking, well, whiskey, whiskey's one of those things I'd like to be able to enjoy because I feel it's like a really manly thing. But the minute that shit hits my tongue, I'm like, get me a blue whiskey. Rebecca's dad dad is huge on whiskey. So, like, when I first met him, he was like, right, come here, son. Like, obviously, that's not Scottish. You want it? But he was like, like, come here. So, I was like, all right. I went into the kitchen. He just hands me, like, like this big ice cube in whiskey thing, like a little shot. I was like, Fucking! Hell. <laughs> I, I, just, I literally dry, I had a sip and thought my face was going to fall off. I was like, "Shit, I'm in a, I'm in a bad." I've seen you do that with an apple sour, Colin. You can, you can keep her. I'm getting, I'm getting a flight home. <laughs> <laughs> I'm off. Um, brilliant, right? So, um, 
we'll do one. What would you rather? Because we've kept you for a long time here. Um, mm-hmm. But I think it's been. I've great... kept you guys. You mean? No, honestly, I was. I was. I could go. On, I mate. could go, on, mate. And I think I do... I'm not bothered about keeping this under. An well, hour. I said it first. Ross. <laughs> 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 Don't squabble. <laughs> so, what would you rather? And I'm going to be completely honest with you. I haven't prepared anything, so I've just made one up that I used to say. Uh, um, I'm not supposed to say that. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> We're just two guys. We're just rolling what, with it. What would you rather have wings, in, but you don't have any arms, right? So you can fly, but obviously yeah. you can't even like brush your teeth. Like you've got no dexterity. <laughs> you haven't got a portable thumb. You've just got two massive yeah. like six foot wings, but you can fly. Or yeah. what would you rather have, like? Um, we just wheels instead of feet or legs. Nah, you need you need your hands, you need thumbs. But I mean uh, in this way you can roll you can like roll round, it's fine. But like yeah, yeah, you yeah, can't yeah. start you can't you gotta have to get real sick balance though, because you've only got yeah. two wheels. It'd be like being on yeah. a unicycle, but like just two 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 wheels. It'd be like some weird Tim Burton film. Yeah, it would, um, yeah. No, I I'd probably go with the I'd I'd need my hands. Yeah. So, um, yeah, but you could fly everywhere. Yeah, you could know, fly. I, yeah, that'd, that'd, that'd be sick. Home. That'd be so oh, good. I don't. Know, I don't even like flying it. either. <laughs> so like, I don't like going on planes. So that would be amazing. Yeah. But um, Probably... no, I'm gonna have to go with the feet. Yeah, fair play. Um, and let's do these quick fire questions, sod it. Yeah, fair play. Um, if you could so live dear. anywhere, where would you live? Uh, Hong Kong. Brilliant. Good answer. Did know. not expect <laughs> that. <laughs> Loved it. Lo- I was there once, twice, and. Uh, Maybe three times now, and I've, I loved it. So, what is your dream car? Uh, <laughs> I want one of the big Teslas. I want a Tesla oh, as well. Nice. I thought Mate, that. it was either the Je- XC90, you know, the Volvo XC90, or the Tesla. Yeah. And I thought the Tesla sounds a bit sexier. So, yeah. that one. well, you look at the Tesla. Bigger, bigger screen inside. It's basically got a 32 inch TV. Yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you look at the price of them, though, and you're like, oh, God. <laughs> I'm going to sell my house. <laughs> yeah, and Buy a Tesla. Buy yeah. a Tesla wheel. <laughs> um, if you were a gladiator, this is a good one. If you're a gladiator in Roman times, what would your choice of weapon be? That is not how I thought the question was. Oh wow! Yeah, I thought, thought it was going to be like jet. What gladiator? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was thinking he's going to say. I just, wolf. I just thought. Jet. I just heard jet <laughs> in my head. Contenders, are you ready? Wait, I know it's quick fire, but when I moved to Loughborough, he was in Loughborough coaching. John Anderson. John Anderson. So I he didn't was coaching he all was the... actually a coach. Yeah, so he coached like my housemate. Uh, Colin, you might know him, a guy called Steve Small, though he was yeah, at yeah, board. Yeah, yeah. So he was coaching him. And I was just, I'd just come and listen to him shout, Ready! <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, this is amazing. Um, but uh, Gladiators, uh, what would I have? I'd probably just have, um, uh, oh shit, a big spear. Colin? <laughs> I don't want, to, I don't want anyone near for? me. Uh, I'd be a swordsman. Would you? So, would you go I'd be shit. sword and I'd, I'd be dead Would you go away, sword and shield? I'd still go for it. Yeah, sword and shield, but I'd just probably drop them and leg it. Can I tell you yeah. what? I'd, I'd have a go. I'd go, you go. Can I shock you? I'd go... Have any of you <laughs> seen the TV show, Spartacus? Uh, once uh, or twice. It's brilliant. You've got to watch it. obsessed with it. It's class. It's basically... <laughs> just... Ross just liked it because it was sex filled. There lots of sex, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's brilliant. Sea bombs everywhere. Yeah, it's awesome. If anyone's watching it, it's not for the kids. Watch it. But it's been very much sex but attack. I would go two swords, so dual swords. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Can you? Yeah. And a little sword. Do you, you trust it? yourself? Do I trust, trust myself? Not to chop yourself up in half, like just like swing it around. <laughs> and, 
Um, my ear's gone. I've lost another ear. Basically, no, <laughs> I, um, after watching Spartacus, did a lot of like, you know, anytime I'd find two sticks, I'd be like, <laughs> yeah, come here! What? Oh, Jedi tell you what would be a good weapon. That's you it. know, like Scorpion from Mortal Kombat, where he's like, come here! Yeah, that'd be, that'd be very good. <laughs> Oh, come on. Yeah. <laughs> come here. It's a Geordie one. Buzzcocks. Do you remember that comment? Come here. Right. Uh, come here. A Geordie, a Geordie scorpion. Come here. <laughs> Try a trout. Why are you mad? Why are you mad? And Martin, for the last one, what is your best childhood memory? Oh. Uh, right. All right, Jesus, that is deep. Uh... I'm going to say athletics related. Um, my nan, my granny, she came across to Ireland, from Ireland to watch me run and uh, she got really angry that I didn't stop and wave at her during the 100. <laughs> <laughs> she, was like, she was there waving at me and she said, Martin, Martin. And uh, I was obviously racing and then, yeah, she was just angry for me for about a week um, until Quite she got over it. So. I cannot believe you didn't stop. <laughs> stop and wave, yeah. So, yeah, That's quality. Um, mate, thank you so much for coming on. Um, really, Pleasure. really appreciate it. I absolutely loved it. Really, really good. Yeah, thank you so much. Cheers, Ross. Cheers, Colin. Um, and no doubt, as we, we say it to everyone, but we do actually want to get people on for part twos and stuff. So Definitely. Uh, good luck for the outdoor season. Yeah, no, but yeah, good luck, mate. We hope to see you smashing it next year. And um, fa- thank you very much. Pleasure. Cheers, gents. Thank you. Right, so that was Martin Rooney. How did you, did you enjoy that, Colin? Oh, I love him. I think I've, I think he's the best. Uh, yeah, no, I thought it was really, really informative. And it's good to get the perspective of someone who's not a middle-distance runner, either, or a long-distance runner, because that's what we've kind of who, had. Who we were trying to get to be a middle-distance <laughs> yeah. runner. Join but he didn't us, want to direct. Join us, join He us. was great. So, like, so much information there that I think you just it was just brilliant to just talk. And I think part two later on in the year is going to be even better. Oh, big claim. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, did I just drop? Oh, I, I didn't mean to say that. <laughs> so, what are you up to for the rest of the evening, mate? Uh, I'm going to play some computer uh, with our friend Kyle Langford. Are I you? Think. Yeah. C- 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 can I join you? No, I don't know. Are you playing? Yeah. What are you boys playing? Sega Mega Drive these days? Are you on the N64? Yeah, we play. We play Street Fighter. Street Fighter. <laughs> Come over um, here. We're playing. <laughs> we're playing. We're playing a little-known game called Apex. It's just been released. It's free to play. Can I stop you uh, there? Sp- I, yep. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Is he racing tomorrow? No, no, he's not. I looked this. I'll no, no, I started. I looked the starters. Anyway, guys, oh, okay. hope you enjoyed that with Martin Rooney. Uh, I know I did. Um, and I brilliant guest. So thank you very much, guys. We'll speak to you later. All right, love you, Ross. Bye. Yeah. Oh, and you guys. Yeah. <laughs> I put my heart in back of cab and send it to London. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't do that. Uh, see you later, guys. Cheers. Yes. Bye.